0: Hello, Corky Crime Sisters here. Hello. So our show contains graphic content, so please, listeners, be advised.
1: not a way to start the recording, but I have to, cough <laughs> to get it, like, already. Are you wearing a bra? No. I wish. No. Yeah. Nice. All right, I mean,
0: yeah, no. Hi. Hi hi this week. Hi. <laughs> hi, <guys>. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> we are the Corky Crime Sisters. Mm. Ooh, ooh. The, mm. uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast where two sisters actually like to
1: hang out with each other. Yeah. Like she said, most days, Look, all the days, all the days. Oh my gosh,
0: all the days. Um, we actually like to talk about some
1: crazy murders, though. For real, for real. For the spooky months. For the spooky months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and have a an adult beverage or two, or three, or four, or just stay at the bar all night long, all, all night. night long, all night. Long. Yeah. (laughs) We're trying to get rallying. It is 10 o'clock in the morning. It is
0: very early and we have a long day, girl. A very long
1: day. We got a long day. Anyway, um, that braless lady over there is Taylor. (laughs) The lady jealous of my braless boobies over there is Nikki.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's not fair. See, you always like complain that you don't have like bigger boobs. But I'm like, no, when you have bigger boobs, you always have to wear at least like a sports bra of some sort to support them. Even at night, though? I don't wear it at night, no. Like, I, just sh- let, I just let I just them. I mean, it's free the nipples That's fair. at that point. Do you want free to the ta Your
1: uh, Your shirt you're wearing?
0: Yes, you guys. Oh, my God. Taylor got me a shirt. And it's so cute because she got herself one, too. We're wearing and it literally says, ask me about my podcast. <laughs> so we can walk around and be like, are you going to ask me about my podcast? Oh, yeah, that's right. We do an awesome
1: podcast. Yeah, it was for a <laughs> download milestone for us. So we are pretty excited. Yes. And they're really comfortable. So I'm just going to live in it. Super comfy. She's wearing hers too without a bra. Etsy is the place to go, my friend.
0: Yes. I love Etsy. Actually, I just ordered a bunch of really cute stuff off of Etsy that has like all this Greek key stuff on it. And it is vintage from like the 60s.
1: Which I didn't even know that Etsy had like vintage things. I thought it was all like. I thought it was handmade stuff, but apparently it can be vintage too. That excites me. Yeah. Your computer screen is really dirty. I know. What it's is up. What oh my what is that? <laughs> it's like a film. It's not even dust. It's a hardworking computer. I don't know what to tell you. It's a hardworking independent MacBook. <laughs> it's an independent MacBook. It don't need no screen cleaner.
0: It don't need no charger. No, it actually does need a yeah, charger. It's dying
1: though.
0: <laughs> um anyway, so today we are going to continue with I hour <laughs> byoc so bring your own case uh halloween edition
1: boom we both killed it this week actually i feel like we both killed it this week yeah yeah um so what are we drinking bean we are coming back to a favorite when it's this early in the morning we need the sparkles with the pineapple
0: Pean An apple. and some
1: peen before the pineapple <laughs> so We have Barefoot Bubbly Prosecco, which I we don't actually have this.
0: No. And here's the thing is like we normally do like mimosas with champagne. Yeah. But I saw this and I feel like I've had it before and it was really good like by itself. And I was shocked when somebody told me that it was barefoot. Not that barefoot isn't good, but you know, it's like not the top quality. Um, So I was like, let's try this shit again
1: and then add some pineapple. How did like the price compare? It was like 12 bucks.
0: Actually, like $3 cheaper. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, right.
0: Right. $3 cheaper than the average Prosecco that we drink. Um, So I figured if it tastes like shit, we're putting pineapple in it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, get
1: it, girl. We add 11% dough. Yeah, always with Prosecco. Gotta Mm -hmm. love that. Distributed and imported by Wine Brokers Unlimited. Oh. Brokers? It's cool. Okay. Warm up my hand. I don't Maybe know why don't have hold it over your crotch. <laughs> I was watching the video of our parents when they got buried like a couple months ago and them trying to open the prosecco bottle and neither of them could into it and we're both like Meh. We're
0: both like, "Here, Hannah. What video? Why have I not seen a video?"
1: You haven't seen this video? No. They really struggle with it. It's kind of funny. I'm like, "We do this every week. How do you <laughs>
0: Ooh! Look at this spookiness coming
1: out the top. Literally like fogging out yes toil in trouble out of my cauldron
0: <laughs> here pour me some of that i'm gonna try it without first
1: gotta get me some of that yeah Isn't without that hair? without your hair would be preferred <laughs> my hair was like attached to the bottle and my hand that takes talent and not an ad we're drinking out of these super cool bottles that we're gonna try and get for our store For our store called vibe bottles and they're so adorable oh, the bubbles the bubbles. This is how you properly say good morning, <laughs> <laughs> with the sparkle. This sparkle. Yamas. I got too many bubbles. <laughs> I did not pour well.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. I think you're gonna like it. It's a little bit sweeter.
1: Barefoot's usually a little sweeter,
0: and I think you'll like the,
1: that it's a little sweeter.
0: For sure. It's not
1: living up to your remembrance, is it? Um, no, but that's okay. Oh, it's like real sweet for a Prosecco. Yeah. You like it. I love it. (laughs) She pours more in her glass. I think for a long time, in a past life, when I was engaged, my in-laws drank a lot of like really dry and bitter red wines. And so I think... Just... Now you revolt against it, and you're like, fuck that, I need the sweet shit. I don't know even if I revolt. Like, I can still do it, but I, like, made myself do it. Especially because I wasn't even 21, so, like, of course it doesn't even taste good to you, you know?
0: Right. Well, and wine is, like, something you have to build up to, I feel like. So, may I have a little? May
1: I have some more, please? Some
0: more, please.
1: You tell me when. That's probably good. (laughs) It was like, I'm drowning mine, you don't. So No.
0: I like the taste of
1: Prosecco. (sighs) Okay.
0: So, all right. Ooh, that pineapple juice is good, though. Ooh.
1: Again, I don't like pineapples, but this whole pineapple juice thing, I love it. And TMI, but it makes your vagina smell good. Oh. And tastes good. Nice. Yeah. Well
0: i was not expecting that so i'm not even sure how to respond i was like i hope
1: dad doesn't listen to this. i guess no you know what i keep being like our father thinks we're such delinquents but we were literally in the car with them last night talking about like vintage shake weights and <laughs> how i'm gonna buy wd-40 for my roommate's bed
0: exactly <laughs> and he thought it was
1: hilarious yeah so I need it's to stop fine worrying. and then
0: our mom was like we're such not the normal family like this is the stuff we're talking about <laughs>
1: yeah okay Well, all right. I think you are up first this week. I am so up. Okay. (laughs) Dude,
0: I'm always down for a good YMCA. Village idiots. my Yeah, but I didn't know where you were going with
1: that, so... We have a long day. We have a very very long day. Already feeling a little like,
0: It's going to be fun, though. Like, we are going to a Broncos game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tonight, and then we are going to go support our cousin. Yeah. um, In his his drag show, which we're very excited about. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So, but it's just going to be a long day, because we're starting now, and
1: uh, (laughs) it's a way. I think the drag show's at like 11 p.m. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we've got a good solid like twelve hours of like
0: trying to keep our shit together. <laughs>
1: <sighs> okay, guys. All well, right, let's do it today. I'm do doing with. the do Candyman. Do do do
0: the Candyman can. The Candyman can.
1: Ooh, beautiful. You're welcome. Okay, <laughs> so let's get this going. Remember to breathe this week. I'm not going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to breathe and blink. Yeah, the blinking. The blinking. The human life things. Yeah, the the things that should come natural. <laughs> so Dean Coral. Coral, okay. Was born on Christmas Eve 1939 in Fort Wayne, Indiana.
0: Our grandma was born on Christmas Eve.
1: She was born on Christmas Eve. And Fort Wayne is where April Tinsley was. <gasps> okay. Um. Also, Coral, it's like spelled C-O-R-L-L. And all I can think about is, like, The Walking Dead and all the memes of, like, Coral. Now it's probably a good time to admit that I've never watched a single episode of The Walking Dead. Okay. Well, let me explain this for you. It won't be half as funny. But the dad has a son whose name is Carl. But every time he yells his name, it's like, Coral. <laughs> it sounds like Coral. Coral. It's so silly. Um, He was the oldest child. And it was said that his father was extremely strict on him and his siblings, whereas the mom was very protective of, like, him and his brother. Oh, okay. So, that's, like, already a weird dynamic. Yeah. Parental.
0: You should never be against each other. You always got to be a united front.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, it gets weird AF. Yep. Uh, Take it easy. I know. It's okay. Um, They often fought and ended up divorcing in 1946. His mother sold the home and moved her and the boys into a trailer, and the father was drafted into the Air Force. They all just kind of went. And disappeared. Yeah, but the father still got to see the kiddos. Dean was a shy child who often acted serious and didn't enjoy pro social activities with other children. I mean, same. So, like, <laughs> me every day <laughs> of <on> my life. <laughs> But <laughs> just like we went, sorry. No, go for it.
0: <laughs> Corkscrew. We went and saw the Adams Family last night, oh the new God, cartoon I'm so one. Funny. <laughs>
1: and
0: throughout the entire movie, Taylor and I kept being like, "Yep, that's your spirit animal. That's your spirit that's animal."
1: <laughs> I am Wednesday Adams. She is Wednesday Adams. Okay, <laughs> continue. Um, but this makes a lot of sense for Dean, just because his dad is very like serious and yep. strict, and so obviously the child's gonna act that way for sure. Uh, it was said that he often displayed concern for others, though. So even though he didn't, he was very serious. He had some of his mother's side where he was like, "Okay, I care about you. I want to make sure you're okay." Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout his childhood, though, due to various illnesses such as a heart murmur and rheumatoid rheumatic fever, <laughs> I think say <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis. That's kind of where I kept going with it in my head. But he was never allowed to like participate in PE. Oh. So we never got, like, well, that's shitty into any, like, physical things. Dude, I still remember climbing the rope
0: in <laughs> elementary school and being, like, seriously, like, I could climb that thing, like, nobody's business, and now if I probably even tried to, like, pull myself up once, I would be like, oh, my
1: God. I can't. I have no upper arm strength. Yeah. Ever same. since, like, my elbows, like, extended, like, nothing. Yeah. For sure. So... His parents attempted to marry again with each other, like c- come back together and they got married again and they got divorced again because obviously the underlying problems were not fixed. Dude, my ex
0: my ex's parents did that. Really? They got married, had two had their two older children, got divorced and then got back together and had my ex and then got divorced again.
1: It's so weird. Yeah, isn't that interesting? No, I guess it's not that weird when I think about it like I mean, I guess
0: if you, like, in their case, they already had two children together. So, like, they were still in each other's lives no matter what.
1: Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Once they got divorced again, his mother married someone else and they all got moved into a small town. Minus, obviously, his dad. <laughs> That'd be weird. It's like the whole, it's like She's like, family. sorry. I, uh, that's like called
0: bringing your real baggage to the
1: relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me bring my ex-husband with us. It's going to be fine, I swear. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. So it was here that the family began a company called, a candy company called the Pecan Prince. Prince? Prince. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Who um, was the Pecan Prince?
1: Who? What? who was the pecan prince no one. Oh, they were all princes in the eyes of their mother
0: okay okay
1: <laughs> setting
0: up for no woman to please them ever
1: but yeah okay. i mean yeah you will see we will go on <laughs> you're like we will get to it we will get to it <laughs> um they did this from their garage at first and dean worked like day and night while he was still in school to make this happen with his family wow see that's dedication yeah that's hard though like wouldn't you feel pretty resentful cuz you didn't have then the childhood? He didn't like hanging out with other kids anyway. I mean, that's fair, huh? Um, oh my god, I say um before every sentence. I need to start working on that Me with too. basically. I'm going to drink for that. <laughs> we haven't actually taken a drink yet.
0: We have not screwed up until just now. Good okay. job.
1: Throughout high school, he was still considered a loner, but overall did well, had good grades. Played the trombone, which was like his only passion anyone's ever like recorded on file. (laughs) I like me a good trombone. Yeah. Yeah, right? (laughs) All those musical notes. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, his mom and stepdad divorced and she opened up her own candy shop. That's right, queen. Get it. Coral's candy shop.
0: Is that what she called it? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. They became rivals naturally naturally throughout his time working at his mom's shop he dated a girl and like that didn't work out she proposed to him and he was just like "Nah, i'm good like me i know
0: wasn't when was this again the 50s 40s was that even like a thing back then
1: no yeah no not even a little bit that's interesting i know there were also reports of him like one of the boys a teenage boy worked in the shop and reported that he was making sexual advances at him okay. and so his mom fired the kid well, well naturally 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 didn't even worry about any of those things um <sighs> <laughs> you look very tan where were you recently i was fishing Oh, yeah, because like, look it, you can see where your watch was. Oh, yeah, well, this is also because I sit outside during my regular job. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, that's why I always have to wear my watch. Otherwise, it looks really weird.
0: <laughs> okay, makes okay. sense. You digging when I'm putting down? You got like a tan line for your watch, and then your boob is white,
1: and that's about it. I got like a V. <laughs> I got really burnt when we went fishing. It was like three weeks ago. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Yep. In his early adulthood, he was drafted into the military, and although his career was spotless, he reported that he was, like, this is when he first realized that he could have been homosexual. Not when he was making sexual advances at the kiddo, but But, when he was in the military. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: After he left the military, he began working once again at his family's candy business. This time he went to Pecan Prince, though, instead of Coral's Candy Shop. Oh, It was located right across the street from an elementary school.
0: That's not okay.
1: And this is where he became the candy man because he would hand out free candy to youngsters. That seems a bit creepy, but
0: I mean, you know what? It could have been innocent enough, right? It could have truly just been innocent. He could have just been being nice. But because of our swayed minds (laughs) about all of it, I'm like, no, no.
1: No." Very different time. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. My mind is very swayed. My boss called me warped the other day from working in mental health.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I say that that was like we might have already told told this story how uh, corkscrew when on my bachelorette party, a friend of mine um, was talking to some guys and we were all ready to leave and she wanted to stay. And before I left her with these guys, I made them like, let me take a picture of their IDs. And so and I literally looked at them and I was like. I have your IDs. I know who you are. She she was last seen with you. If anything happens to this woman, yeah. I will come to you. And like, they looked at me like I was some psycho chick. And I'm like, per paranoid. Yep. Sorry. Not.
1: We're not doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was during this time that reports of him being even more flirtatious with like teenage boys working in the shop came about. Okay. He Dean even like went as far as to install a pool table at the back to attract teenagers.
0: Yeah. I feel like I've heard this story. You probably
1: have. He's pretty prolific. Keep going. I'm trying to think of where I heard this. Sorry, I was itching my boob. I can tell. It's going to pop out. Um <laughs> Free the nipples. Free the nipples. <laughs> oh, my voice cracked. Puberty. And free in the nipples. Later on, Dean became friends with a 12-year-old boy named David Brooks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was said that this is one of the children he gave candy to and that David would often hang out in the candy shop with him and the other teenagers at the pool table. There is also reports of, like, David would make frequent shops with him. Shops. Oh my god. Trips Drink. with him? Drink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we make freaking trips with him. I'm doing good today. <laughs> Dean became somewhat of a father figure to David and would even give him cash if he asked for it. Which. Sugar daddy. Sugar daddy to the man. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Candy Master Sugar Daddy. <laughs> Give you some of my candy cane. Let you lick my lollipop. <laughs> no, 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 don't no. you stop. <laughs> oh my God. I took this like 15 year old boy to the ER the other day because <laughs> he has like the severe benal reaction. And so I had a, what? a bean. Oh, you said beanal
0: reaction? Or at least that's what I heard. And that's I was what like, you heard. I'm not even sure what that is. Okay, go ahead.
1: So we had to epi him, and we're, like, driving, and I just have whatever music on, and he goes, can we turn on 50 Cent? That's, like, the stuff of my childhood.
0: And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Did that make you feel
1: old? Because it makes me feel real old. I was like, this is not the stuff of your childhood. No. That was pre-my childhood, even, it felt like. Then
0: again, I used to go around at four singing Pour Some Sugar on Me, and people used to look at our mother like, what have you taught your child?
1: True. (laughs) That's true.
0: So, you know... Literally fits with the theme. It's fine.
1: (laughs) About two years into the relationship with David um, that, like, they had kind of formed, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever that they had going on. It became sexual. Of course. So, Dean essentially bribed him with candies (laughs) and what?
0: Nothing. I'm good. Go.
1: Okay. With candies and money if he could just do, like, fellatio on the child. Okay. You know, just do fellatio. Just the way I say do that. fellatio on a child. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Keep going. And due to a turbulent home life, David kind of began referring to Dean's apartment as a second home because his home life was so like all over the place. His parents were separated. He was just gonna four. say, like,
0: where's his kid's parents?
1: Exactly. Like to not even know that their son is doing this but okay again different time period though yeah
0: true true your kids could go out as long as they were home before like oh, drink
1: oh i hit my hand so hard on that corner oh my god <laughs> drink my soul just left my again
0: bone. for anybody who is just joining us taylor and i have started this drinking game throughout our podcast that anytime we say certain things that we are trying to not say or we mess up in some way, we drink. And we encourage
1: all of you to drink along with us. <laughs> Maybe not at 10 in the morning like we are, but it's okay. Hey, we don't judge. We No. Unless you're Allie. Study. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps like <sighs> texting me like, I don't need to study. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> no, you do need to study. You're in college. That's what you're there for. <laughs>
1: Also, I was going to say on this time period, like, our mom was way crazier than we were as a kiddo. Not that she was in this time period. She was like, no, but for sure. At this point, I think, no, we were about to where mom was born.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So, yeah. Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. Between, so we're going to get into the victims. Well, not even victims, the murders now. I, total disclaimer, this case is redonkulous. This guy is so prolific. I'm not going to cover every victim. I'm going to tell you how he did the majority of them, and we're going to go from there. because There's just not enough time in this. Yeah. The podcast I listened to on it was three hours because of all the cases. Jesus. So, which is true crime all the time, and it was very good. Thank you, gentlemen. So... (laughs) Between 1970 and 1973, there was a minimum of 28 victims attributed to Dean. Ooh. Minimum mm. of the cases they know. Mm. All victims were male and age 13 and 20. During the abductions, he was often helped by David or another teen with a similar relationship. His name was Elmer Henley. Elmer, come on! I know Elmer Glue. Come on, my dude.
0: (laughs) Many of the they were sticking it to (laughs) him.
1: That was pretty tacky. I feel (laughs) attacked. All right, we're done. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) (sighs) My God,
0: (laughs) this is what you get at ten o'clock in the morning.
1: My boys run around with like dad joke books all the time. It's pretty great. Nice. Um. <laughs> oh my god, drink. <laughs> I wasn't even
0: going to say anything. I was just laughing. I'm like it's fine. I say think I think I say mm, mm,
1: um um mm, um uh, as my I, like way to pause and take a breath. Same.
0: I do it too. It's meant like if you don't know exactly what to say in that moment. Yeah. It's just our easy like. This is what I'm transitioning. What is it in
1: Spanish? It's like they have something very similar to it. Oh, No, it's like, pedal, Pero... pedal, maybe. Uh, what, what is what is happening here? I'm thinking. Um. <laughs> uh... So many victims were friends of like David and Elmer. Okay. Which is kind of sad. Like, they would lure their friends back to Dean. Well, yeah, he was the sugar daddy. He was, like... The candy man. <laughs> candy man can. <laughs> the he candy man can. Either they were friends, they worked at the candy company previously, or Dean just, like, found them and was like, I want this one right here. This is mine. That's fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. The typical rundown was the Target was lured into the car. Dean owned two cars. Uh, Dean and whoever was with him would tell the victim that he was taking them to a party or promise to take them to a destination they wanted to go to, which, again, back then, hitchhiking, yada, yada. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. He would then take them to his house, where he would heavily intoxicate them with drugs and alcohol until the victims would pass out. They would often then wake up, basically wake up strapped to either his bed, well, same. they had like this plank of wood that was like a torture plank. <laughs> I have such long fucking arms. Look at this. You do.
0: I know you span. have. a Remember, we measured. Your arm is as long as my leg.
1: <laughs> One arm. One arm.
0: <laughs> yeah, if both. No, I would be super tall if it was the same
1: as two. I'm pretty sure your arm span is as long as you, as you are tall. I think so. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're so short. I am okay. so short. It's fine. <laughs> Feel like very Titanic when I put my arms out like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the King of the World.
1: <laughs> that was in the movie last night. <laughs> oh my god! That's what I was saying. Is I died at that part and they started to singing My heart will go on. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. So they would they be like all strapped up. They were tricked into wearing handcuffs and they would be stripped naked.
0: I've totally had that happen. <laughs> just
1: kidding. One time and I forget if it was dad That's like or, a normal Saturday night. No, just kidding. <laughs> One time we went down to their basement and I even forget who I was with. It might have been Gunner, like my boyfriend. Whose
0: basement? My basement? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: I think cuz there was a period of time where I was going to rent that basement out. No, you guys helped me move my bed is what happened. Oh, yeah, I helped you move your bed. We go down there. And there's just, like, a sex contraption attached to it that's, like, all, like, bondage and restraint.
0: <laughs> hey, we do not have a boring sex life. Not sorry about it. Anyway, moving on.
1: <laughs> From there, they would be sexually assaulted, beaten, and tortured for multiple days. Oh, my God. I know. They were then killed either by shotgun or, or not shotgun, being shot or strangulation. The shot was a twenty two caliber. Ugh. Which feels even worse. Not that 22s can't do it, but you know. Like it's not immediate, it's yeah, like slow. The bodies were put in plastic sheeting and then buried in one of Dean's four spots. So he had two different beaches that he would go, a rented boat shed or part of a woodland. Ugh. It is reported that Dean would make the victim contact their parents so they weren't worried. And Dean kept trophies, typically the victim's keys. Oh, my gosh. I know. In order to keep David silent, he was bought a car and given $200 per boy he could bring to Dean. This bitch. Awful, right? And there were actually many deaths. Deaths before Elmer even came into the picture. Okay. It is assumed that David originally lured Elmer to the house as a victim. However, David quickly or Dean quickly had different plans for him. He liked him. He liked him. He was a favorite. Elmer was said to believe that the victims he was bringing were sold into a white slavery ring, not murdered for his first few victims. Oh. So he didn't even think he was selling like murder victims. He was like, oh, I'm getting money just to bring you people to be sold into slavery. Yeah. At first, not for long. This went on until one night after bringing victims home. Elmer awoke to being bound alongside the victims.
0: Oh shit! <laughs> shit just got real. At what point, though, do you look and you stop and you say, like, okay, a, I'm even if I'm bringing them to be sold into a sex slavery thing, that's fucked up. Let alone be murdered. Like, what? At what point do you not go? Oh, like at any point, I my I could be
1: next. Like, <laughs> my for real my penis could be on the chopping block. So elmer brought two people over one was a friend of his that was a male another was actually a woman who was the fiance of a previous victim oh she came along because her dad had been basically drunk and abusing her Mm -hmm. so she came to the house with them
0: yep i definitely remember this story now but you keep
1: going girl They drank and they smoked and they yep. passed out. So this is when Elmer wakes up bound alongside the two victims. Dean continues that he was angry that he had brought a girl to the house saying, you ruined everything. You ruined everything. No, 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 Well, yeah, because he didn't want girls.
0: He wasn't interested in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was your fault, Elmer. Now you are going to be a victim. Yeah. I'm victim blaming hard. I'm so sorry, Elmer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Elmer was able to calm Dean and he said that he would help torture and kill both the girl he had brought and the male. Dean released them and they tied up the victims once again. He insisted that he would rape and torture the male while Elmer would do the same to the female. So this part's kind of, I didn't know how to do it. So it's coming straight from our source. My source that I use for this, I will post our sources. So quote from the source. Henley then asked Coral whether he might take Williams into another room. Coral ignored him, and Henley then grabbed Coral's pistol, shouting, You've gone far enough, Dean! As Coral clambered off, Curly... Henley elaborated, I can't go on any longer. I can't have you kill all of my friends. (laughs) That's sad. Coral approached Henley, saying, Kill me, Wayne. Henley stepped back a few paces as Coral continued to advance upon him. You won't do it, Henley... You won't do it, he said. Henley then fired at Coral, hitting him in the forehead. (laughs) The bullet failed to fully penetrate Coral's skull, so he's still alive with a bullet in his forehead.
0: Shit! That's hard-headed.
1: He continued to lurch toward Henley, whereon the youth fired another two rounds, hitting Coral in the left shoulder. Coral then ran out of the room, hitting the wall of the hallway. Henley fired three additional bullets into his lower back and shoulder as Coral slid down the wall in the hallway outside of the room where the two teenagers were bound. Coral died where he fell, his naked body laying face towards the wall. There's a there's actually a picture I can show Shit. you about it.
0: That escalated quickly. Yeah. But so, good for you. You needed to get rid of this guy.
1: Yeah. So Elmer quickly like untied the other two people and they all contacted the police. And there was a big old long trial. Again, a lot of details I'm not going to get into here. But both David, Ellen, Elmer are serving life sentences
0: for being a part of it, for helping. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they helped As identify, they should. Yeah. They helped identify victims um, and their appeals being talked about due to a bunch of legal issues, but otherwise, that's the story of the candyman and how he his demise was ultimately because he was I don't even know how Bananas. to say it. He was but yeah. He was yeah. It's a ridiculous story.
0: It is. And you know the thing about it, I definitely have heard this story now.
1: Oh yeah. Did you figure this out? Yeah. Oh,
0: are you better? I'm so good now. Um, no, I definitely have heard that story. I think I heard it on another podcast. Like maybe one of our favorites did it or covered it. Mm. Um, which
1: the one I I I'm bet about you my to favorite th- murder probably did it.
0: Probably, but the one I'm about to do has been covered by a million as well. Um, but uh, when I heard it, I was just like, "Wow!" Because when I think of it, I like. Don't you he- remember like the old i don't know if you want to call it wives tale or superstition or whatever where you're supposed to stand and like look in the mirror in the dark and say like Candyman man like three times and he's supposed to like appear and all this stuff
1: so the podcast i was listening to talked about that i when i was younger it was bloody mary
0: oh yeah her too yeah her too see when you were younger that was my drink i'm
1: just kidding (laughs) there is 10 years between us so by the time you could drink i was 11
0: actually i have never really been a fan of bloody mary's except for the one that my husband makes i love the one that he makes but he uses something else i can't give away the
1: the recipe but that's how um, my boyfriend's dad and uncle make like the best bloody mary's and every time i'm there i'm like please you're like
0: uh i will take that well nice job tay that's like a
1: crazy story yeah. like if you actually start reading into the victims it's actually pretty like s- intense <laughs> it's sad it's sad Ugh. but again we did not have time <laughs> okay well good job cheers to that let me pour a little more yamas
0: yamas i believe in you i need your wingspan <laughs> <laughs> mm. let me let me Fill the, fill my bottle up for this because my case is a little bit long and bananas as well. Can you hook me up a little more pineapple juice? Yeah, I'm speaking to you. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the other person in the room with me. All besides right. my multiple personalities.
1: Oh, that's good. Oh, oh, sorry. Yep. Put more Prosecco in that. We're good. We're good. We're good. Kay. Can I have that bottle? Uh hmm all right, guys, are you ready for this crazy stuff? I'm ready. So I
0: decided to do the Veliska Axe Murders, Whee! and I know other podcasts have done this, and it is crazy bananas, and it's just it's awesome. So here we go.
1: You know what's so funny is I don't know what my deal is, but I was thinking about this last night. We're so into oh my god. <laughs> are we down in this bottle like it's nobody's biz yep here i'll take a little more we're so into true crime yet like as far as this is a cute little to-go cup too by the way it is there's a little cap for it i know as far as like the big cases i don't know much about them same same like I just found out about, like, Ted Bundy for real. Or, like, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Never looked into him. I've never looked into these big people. I know a lot of these little cases that are, like, like there's one I want to cover next week that I'm, like, no one's ever talked about this, but, like, one podcast I've found. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and I think part of it, too,
0: like, I mean, for you, you've been in it, like, well... I think it was something that like you and mom kind of bonded on. It like, was me like, and the more true
1: crime stuff thing when I yeah. was
0: little. And like I've not really delved in until now. So for me, it's not as surprising that I haven't heard of these things or like know more about it. But for you, yeah.
1: You know what I just heard about that you were like you knew about was the uh, the baby. What is it? The Lynchfield baby. Yes. Lynchburg. Yes.
0: Lynchburg baby. Yes. I had I think I had listened to a podcast.
1: And I that's just why found I knew about, about it. it.
0: Yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. So here we go. I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. So Josiah and just, I'm already drinking. God damn it. First word. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Okay. Josiah Moore and Sarah Montgomery were married on December 6th, 1899 at the home of Sarah's parents. After they married, they had four children, Herman, Catherine, Arthur, and Paul. What? I feel
1: like Herman was the black swan of the herd. Herman. Uh, Herman. The Moore
0: family bought their forever home in 1903 and happily lived there until 1912. Okay. 1912. Do you know what happened in 1912, Taylor? I'm testing your history. Titanic. Good job, girlfriend. Which is actually part of the reason why they feel like this case was. Did not get as much notoriety because oh, the Titanic happened. So people were way more
1: worried about that. I So so our mom has this best friend who's in her like 80s now, right? 90s? Maybe? 80s. 80s. And her son had passed away from AIDS. Yes. And he has a ton of authentic Titanic memorabilia. And I've always wanted to see it. because yes. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. She has it all. Yeah, yeah, someday.
0: Well, and what they were saying about the Titanic, if we're just going to stay on this for a second, is that a gentleman who was well known in this area, which is Villisca, Iowa, mm-hmm. he was actually on the, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I use it actually. Yeah, I caught myself, you didn't. He was on the Titanic, and him, his wife, and his son died. Oh my gosh! So around this time, they were more focused on that than the, this. This,
1: yeah. Um, there's a whole conspiracy theory around the Titanic. Totally watch it. It's or listen to it. It's ridiculous. What's it on? I think I listened to it on Dark Poutine, which is another podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it cool. was. It blew my nut mind because it. You know, you hear conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> You're gonna say it "blew your nut," and I was like. <laughs> Oh, I blew my nut. <laughs> no, but it just like, you know, you listen to a conspiracy theory and you're like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Right. You're what? like, how did
0: I not see it this way before? Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> on June 10th, 1920, the Moore family was at church as the Moore children, Herman 11, Catherine 12, Arthur 7, Paul 5, were participating in a Children's Day program that Sarah had coordinated as she was very involved in the church. OK. OK. The event was said to have ended around 9.30, at which point two friends of Catherine's, Ina Stillinger and Lena Stillinger, nope, Ina, it's Ina, sorry Ina, it's Ina. (laughs) Ina Stillinger, 8, and Lena Stillinger, 12, decided they were going to spend the night at the Moore's house. Ina and Lena were supposed to stay at their grandma's house, but didn't want to walk there in the dark by themselves. So Mr. Moore called their house to make sure that this was okay with their parents. However, their parents were not at home. But their sister was, and she said that it was totally fine as long as the girls were home in the morning. Okay. Okay. It was said at this point that the Moore family and the Stillinger sisters walked back to the Moores and and did probably arrive around 9.45 to 10 p.m. Okay. The next morning at 7 a.m., Mary Pickham, 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 Pickham Newton, there we go, the nosy neighbor, <laughs> uh, noticed that there was no movement going on at the Moore house when normally there would be, right, like Fair. they have four s- children, yeah, she even went over and let their chickens out and fed them, at this point, she became concerned that she did not get an answer at the door and that the door was locked when she tried to open it. So. Fair as well. You being nosy. Mm-hmm. At least you fed the chickens. <laughs> but now you're trying to enter their home. Yeah. Yeah. She went back home and called Ross Moore, who was Mr. Moore's brother. His wife answered the phone and said that she would send him over to meet her like right away. because right. She felt like that this was weird as well.
1: There's an issue
0: here. There's an issue. After trying to knock on the door, Ross ended up using his key and him and Mary entered the house. Actually, take that back. He entered the house. Mary stayed outside on the porch. Drink. God damn it. (laughs) It is in my notes this, but I remember otherwise. (laughs) Okay. So. There were no lights and no sound at all after Ross went into the and he was in the house and there was nothing going on. So, he entered into one of the rooms. Afterwards, he came out and told Mary that they needed to call Hank Horton. Horton, here's a who. (laughs) Who was the primary peace officer in Villisca, as the town really didn't have police officers or detectives. Like, they were such a small town that it was not necessary. Schools me. So Horton arrived, uh, he went in the house, and after going through the house, he came out and told Ross and Mary that there was someone dead in every bed. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Isn't, I'm telling you, this story is a little dark. This might be my darkest story I've ever covered, just so you know. I'm
1: excited. Yeah. Like my
0: soul. <sighs> uh, where was I? Okay. Uh, doctors were called to the house and it was determined that everyone was bludgeoned to death with Mr. Moore's axe. The axe was found in the room where the two Stillinger sisters
1: were found. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave his father her father 50 (sighs) wax. (laughs) So I listened to that real story on a podcast. I think it was
0: my favorite murder. And it's a little crazy, But that whole, like, tale of that song and stuff was, like, totally made up. Anyway. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So, they also determined that the murders must have occurred between 12 and 5 a.m. And that the murder started in Mr. and Mrs. Moore's room. Mr. Moore received more blows from the axe than anyone else. And it was so bad that his eyeballs were missing.
1: Oh, we're back to the eyeballs why missing. Why do you have an eyeball thing? <laughs> I don't missing know. Missing appendages is your <laughs> specialty. It is my specialty. Like even with the balls on the wristband. I know. Oof.
0: I can't help it. I don't know. <laughs> the rest of the victims were hit with the blunt end of the axe. Only Mr. Moore was hit with the axe end itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The murderer then moved into the Moore's four children's rooms who suffered the same fate as their parents. After this, the murderer returned to Mr. and Mrs. Moore's room and inflicted more blows upon leaving. So, like, he either heard Mr. Moore mm-hmm. and thought he wasn't dead or whatever and he came back and he, like, really finished the job. Um, As he was leaving, he knocked over a shoe that was already filling up with Mr. Moore's blood. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it like, I know, I'm telling you.
1: No. This was, this was bad.
0: Lastly, the murderer went downstairs to kill Ina and Lena. It was believed that everyone was asleep while they were being killed except for Lena due to the position of her body. So you just stay with me because this gets even worse. Inside the house, they also found a few clues that were weird, such as two cigarette butts in the attic.
1: DNA. huh sorry dna yeah.
0: yeah well but back then
1: no but now
0: yeah but they're that doing mean- like
1: a lot of back work on cold cases now yes
0: but <laughs> no it's true but back then not a thing so okay. um anyway they so they they found them in the attic and they believe that the murderers waited in the attic till the victims fell asleep okay fucking creepy Never having an attic again. No, you
1: shouldn't. (laughs) Oh, we have one here. I have one in my house currently (sighs) as well.
0: So they also found that all the mirrors in the rooms had been covered by a dark piece of clothing. As well as in the Stillinger sister's rooms, there was a lantern that was missing its top. Weird. um, And it was placed at the foot of the bed. Also, a slab of bacon was wrapped in a piece of cloth found on the floor. It was later believed that the slab of bacon was used by the murderer as a way to pleasure himself, while looking at Lena as she was naked from the waist down and positioned in a way that all of her was exposed. However, it was determined that no sexual assault occurred on any of the victims. <laughs> you guys should see Taylor's face right now. I'll take a picture. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this it got dark. It got dark, okay? After the doctors examined <laughs> after the doctors examined the victims, the how and the house, they called detectives from another city as they didn't have the expertise to deal with this horrific scene. Okay. Clearly.
1: Clearly. Yeah, for sure. Clearly. clearly.
0: They've never experienced anything like this. As you can imagine at this point everyone in Velisca was looked at uh, as a, you know, as a possible suspect. Um, In the end, there were a number of suspects that popped up. And this is the part that probably takes the longest here. Fair. Um, I'm down. Right. So the first one was Andrew Sawyer. He was a transient that was considered because according to Thomas Dyer, who was a foreman for the railroad company in Burlington, Iowa, he claimed that the day after the murders, Andrew came to him looking for a job. He said that Andrew was clean-shaven and wearing a brown suit, but he had muddy shoes and his pants were wet up to the knee. That's kind of weird.
1: Suspicious.
0: Right? It's kind of weird. So Thomas needed an extra guy, and so he just hired him anyway, and Andrew quickly became an outcast with the crew. Mm. Yeah. He was said to have purchased a paper with the Veliska murders on the headlines, and became very interested in the murders. He was said to have slept in full clothing and with an axe by his bed. And was always anxious to be by himself. Weird. Right? With your axe.
1: Did you cuddle it? Is its name Axie? Axel Rose. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Axie. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Axe. <laughs> okay. Um Andrew reportedly told Thomas that it was in, that he was in Veliska the night um of the murders and he was afraid that he was going to be considered a suspect so he left and that's why he ended up there.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Bullshit.
0: Thomas was uneasy about this so he turned Andrew into the police. Yeah, good for which you. Which he should have. Thomas said that before the police arrived, he walked up to Andrew and he was like rubbing his head and then jumped up and yelled at Thomas that he would cut his hands off and then started chopping at a pile of wood with the axe. That's
1: not creepy at all. Oh my God, there's like axe noises in our... What is happening? What the hell was that, Taylor? I don't know. That literally sounded like a saw. That was super creepy. Okay. That was like the creepiest shit. (laughs) Like, I realized when we have our headphones on and we're like, we have our microphones on, we can hear everything. Like the sound is crazy intensified. Oh my God. Literally everything. Whereas when you listen to the podcast, you can't hear it. So literally it sounded like it's fine. That was weird. That was creepy as shit. That was like that time the dog uh, scratched on the door.
0: Moving on. Uh, Thomas's son, Jr. said that one time when he and Andrew were driving through Villisca, Andrew told him that he would show him where the murderer fled town. Uh, sorry, I had to switch over here real quick. He said that the, uh, the man did the job and then jumped over a manure box, which he pointed out, Mm -hmm. and then he showed where he crossed the railroad tracks. JR said there was footsteps in the soggy ground north of the embankment. Uh, Andrew told JR that to look on the other side of, of the car, and he would show him where an old tree was, where the murder had stopped and like had like stopped and then stepped into yeah. the creek. Which, if you remember, he was soggy all from all the way up to the knee. Yes. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Uh, or where was I at? Sorry. He. So, okay, so Andrew was dismissed though as a suspect in this case when officials learned that he could prov- prove he had been in Osceola, Iowa on the night of the murders. He had been arrested there, and uh, the Osceola sheriffs recalled putting him on a train to send him away at approximately 11 p.m. Okay. So, it was really kind of all just weird coincidence. What the hell is that noise, Taylor? Is that a scream or is it an axe? I don't think it's an axe. It sounds like a saw. I know they're doing like construction, a couple houses. They down. are. That's what it is. Okay. okay, thank you. Okay, I'm like, what the shit? So another suspect was Reverend George Kelly. Kelly was an English-born traveler minister in the town, and he was in the town the night of the murders uh kelly was described as a peculiar as peculiar reportedly having suffered a mental breakdown as an adolescent as an adult he was accused of peeping and several times asking young women and
1: girls to pose nude for him and this is a reverend mind you okay that's how (laughs) literally so i was watching this show called disenchanted and it's like family guy but medieval times it's hilarious and they go to hell and like They get to like the book of everyone who's ever been sent to hell. And they're like, wow, there's a lot of pastors in here. There's a lot of (laughs) bishops and like, (laughs) yeah.
0: So it was also said that Kelly was at the uh, church service the day that the more children were performing and that he was in the audience. So they don't know if like he was watching them or if it was just, again, a coincidence. However, he did leave town between 5 and 5.30 the day after the murder. Like the morning after the murders. Okay, And it was like before the bodies were discovered. He had also confessed to the murders in court. But the jury didn't believe his confession because they were like, oh, he's he's like off of his rocker. Right. Okay. In the weeks that followed, he displayed a fascination with the case and wrote many letters to police, investigators, and the family of the deceased. Like that's. Fucking weird. That is weird. What are you doing? It's fine. Um, so he also had like people suspicious of him. Like there was a private investigator, um, that wrote that Kelly asked for details, um, that, or that he disclosed details that only somebody who may have committed the murders would know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Sketchy. Sketch balls. Sketch balls. Uh, He said that okay so this was the other thing is like even though he had mental illness the biggest thing is is that he claimed that he was reading a passage in the Bible and that um, he heard God and that God was the one telling him to like go and commit like kill these people because they were sinners like, it was, like, one of those. Like, he felt he had to do it because of God. Ooh. So, but that was part of what his claim <laughs> Bible was. Bible Yeah. Who's
1: still not caught, BT does. Yeah. So, in
0: 1914, two years after the murders, Kelly was arrested for sending uh, obscene material through the mail. <laughs> Which makes me laugh because it's, like, obscene material through the mail would be, like, I don't know, nudie pictures today? (laughs) Yeah,
1: literally, it's like, you know what I mean? Dick pics through Snapchat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it was through the mail.
0: (laughs) He was sexually harassing women who applied for his, for a job as a secretary to him. Uh, He was sent to St. Elizabeth's Hospital, the national, excuse me, mental hospital in Washington, D.C., Um, which is where, like, he also started the speculation of, like, that he had killed the family. Like, he was telling them, like, this is what I did. He, um, in 1917, Kelly was arrested for the Laliska murders. Police obtained a confession from him. However, it followed many hours of interrogation and Kelly was later, he later recanted. And after two separate trials, he was acquitted because they felt like he was just giving, like, when he went to confess and, like, he was on trial. Yeah. And he was being interrogated he he had like a black eye so they thought that during during the
1: interrogation Str- yeah during the struggle is that what you're saying
0: no they were saying that like during during his interrogation that they coerced a a confession from him it's kind of sorry
1: that's what i was trying to yeah. say but it didn't come out yeah. correct
0: okay so he was acquitted so two guys down no go right he could have punched himself I mean, yeah, I mean, nobody knows what it came from, but they just assumed that he was mentally ill and that the police coerced it from him.
1: Literally, one of my boys is a black eye from playing six square. What is six square? Four square. Four square? What is that? It's what the, you stand in the, the, oh my God, did you have a childhood.
0: Apparently it's like not. the box,
1: there's four boxes and you stand in them in like the schoolyard and you hit this ball. So like, it's like a bouncy kickball. Okay. And if it hits your square and bounces out before you can hit it back into someone else's square, you're like out. Oh, okay. And you go around in like a rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, it doesn't go away. That sounded so creepy. (laughs) It doesn't go away. Okay, that's
0: so weird. I hate it. (sighs) Okay, so now to Frank Jones. Mr. Franklin Jones. Frank Jones. Frank Fernando Jones, to be exact. Oh, my God. Yes. So he was a resident of Villisca, Iowa, and he also at one point became the state senator. Ooh. Yes. Josiah uh, Moore had worked for him as in his store, and it later came out that they ended up, Josiah ended up being like his head sales professional, and it was for uh, like farming equipment. Okay. And John Deere- Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it. Uh, became one of their top clients thanks to Mr. Moore. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's pretty, so that's intense. So they ended Good up job. having a falling out, though, because he wanted more money, and uh, Mr. Jones was like, no, I'm paying you enough, like, you don't, I'm not going to give you more money, but he had worked for him for like nine years, and he kept asking him every year for a raise, and he just wouldn't do it. So finally, Mr. Moore actually, God damn it. Was doing so good.
1: You were doing so good. A, and I didn't realize B, that, like, John Deere's out of old
0: Yeah. Well, okay, so this is what, so, Mr. Moore ended up quitting because his, Mr. Jones would not give him more money, and he went down the street and he started his own business doing the exact same thing. But he took John Deere with him because he was the connection to John Deere. Oh, I
1: don't blame him. Yeah. I do the same fucking shit if you haven't given me a raise after nine goddamn years. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. So it started this huge rivalry between them to the point where it was said that if they were walking down the same street together, that Mr. Jones would like cross the street to like not have to have any kind of interaction with him. Which was crazy.
1: That is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, That means like... Things are legitly, like, we have done no conflict resolution in that situation.
0: The other thing that was said to have been a conflict between them is supposedly Mr. Moore was having an affair with Mr. Jones's (laughs) daughter-in-law. Now, there there was no evidence that actually supported this, supposedly. However, back then, they had telephone operators, right, to, like, connect Mm -hmm. you and... It, it was said that the telephone operators would connect Mr. Moore to his daughter-in-laws constantly, and he, and she was, like, known to be, like, very flirtatious and everything else, so that was, like,
1: their the suspicions. The plot thickens. The plot thickens.
0: <laughs> so, which brings
1: us to William Mansfield, okay? Wow, there's so many suspects.
0: Oh, there's uh one, two, three more after this. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah.
0: Okay, but it's all important, so I have to like get through
1: this. I'm so sorry, you guys. It's long this week. That's fine. They probably don't care. They're probably like sweet. Rock the (laughs) fuck on. So it was
0: said that, or like, I guess another theory was that Senator, or like, Mr. Jones hired William Blackie Mansfield to murder the the Moore family.
1: (laughs) Who the what? Uh,
0: Yeah, which wasn't even like a nickname that he knew himself by. It was like given to him. Oh, that's so sad. The Moore family. Uh it was believed that Mansfield was a serial killer because he had murdered his wife, infant child, and parents-in-law with an axe two years after the Velisca crimes. Okay. Yeah. No no coincidence there. No, he believed to have <laughs> no relation. <laughs> no relation. He believed. To is not causation. <laughs> representation taxation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Anyway. Oh no. He was believed to have committed the axe murder, murders in Kansas four days before the Velisca murders. He was also suspected in a double homicide in Illinois. Each crime, Illinois, site, Illinois, mm. he, each crime site was uh, accessible by train, so that was very important because Velisca had a major train that right ran right. through it. Makes sense. And all murders were carried out in virtually the same manner. So he was like really, like, he was a serial killer basically, and he was looked at because they felt that Mr. Jones hired him. He, oh, wait. Oh, 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 oh. oh yes. So he was arrested, but a grand jury would not um, indict him. Nope, just kidding. Yep, nope. They wouldn't indict him on the grounds that his alibi checked out. Nine months before the murders of Villisca, in Villisca, a similar case of axe murders occurred in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Really? Uh, two axe murder cases followed by one in Kansas, or two of them in different Kansas cities. The case were similar enough to raise the possibility of having been committed by the same person. Other murders reported as possibly being linked to these crimes included the numerous unsolved axe murders along with along that same railroad like it was a main railroad that ran through all of them and so they were like okay there's clearly an axe murderer serial killer and he's like using the train all his way through so yeah i know it's so scary it's crazy i it's crazy.
1: we've never lived in a town where that was like an issue no like Greeley has yeah, shootings but it's usually gang shootings or like feuds it's never like i know it's totally it's totally insane. insane insane i'm not even parked in the i will say i'm such a weird like person about it now though that i'm not even parked in the garage so like going from my car at 11 o'clock at night from my car to my door scares the shit out of me
0: you never know no you just never know so, anyway, there was a lot more about him um, that I'm not going to get into because it's just, it'll take too long. For sure. But it basically just talks about, like, all the different uh, murders and stuff that they believe that he was actually involved in. And, and again, they just feel that uh, because Mr. Jones was so furious with Mr. Moore that he hired this guy and was like, yeah, just take care of him. There was also something said that, like, mr uh or excuse me that um mansfield was actually in villisca then but he was unwilling like he was in villisca a year earlier but he was unwilling Mm. to do it then because he was already being looked at for all these other crimes and he was like no they'll know it was me so supposedly he paid him off and then he waited a year and came back and did it okay but who knows right who knows
1: exactly who
0: knows the other person that's possibly related to this case is Henry Lee Moore.
1: Oh. No relation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, Weird, right? He was a suspected serial killer. Yeah. He was convicted of the, him. huh? I knew about him. You do know about him? Oh, yeah. Oh.
1: That's why I was like, oh, and you were like, no relation. I was like, no, like, oh. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I he told you. Gonna, huh? I know about some weird ones. You do. I like
0: it. He was convicted of the murder of his mother and grandmother mm-hmm. several months after the murders in Veliska. His weapon of choice was an axe. Mm-hmm. Before and after the murders in Veliska, the similar axe murders of his mother and grandmother were committed, and all of the cases sh- showed striking similarities, leading to the strong suspicion that some of some of or all of the crimes were committed by axe murderer killer, or Killer. And just like Mansfield, the axe murderer Harry Henry Moore, can also be considered a sp- sl- suspect in some of these slangs. Good
1: God, drink! Oh shit! <laughs> I'll drink too because I just like threw my arm back and hit the empty bottle. It scared me. So yeah, I mean they were like comparing
0: the two, Mm-hmm. but it was also said that like Henry Lee Moore, they thought that he murdered his his grandmother and his uh, mother because he wanted their house. Right. Not because he was like, not for like any other like malicious reasons. Right. So the argument can be made here is like, why would he kill the Moors? Like he left. He didn't take anything. The murderer didn't take anything. So it was kind of like weird, but maybe not probable. Um. So the other person is Sam Moyer. He is... Quick and short and simple, he was the brother-in-law of Mr. Moore. Mm -hmm. But he repeatedly used to threaten him and threaten to kill him. And and so they were, like, of course, looking into him. But at the end of the day, he had an alibi. No need there. Right. Wasn't him. (laughs) Okay. So... It was said that in, so 2017, there was a book, The Man from the Train, uh, written by Bill James and his daughter. Uh, James discussed the Velisca murders as part of a much larger series of murders, which they believe were all committed by a single serial killer. They concluded the murders, the murderer was Paul Mueller. Hmm. Or Miller? Yeah. Um, an immigrant possibly from Germany who was the suspect of unsuccessful year- an unsuccessful year-long manhunt as the sole suspect in basically a lot of different murders. Okay. So, he, I mean, he, they started his research on this guy um, in an attempt to solve the murders with his daughter and found archival newspaper stories dealing, detailing dozens of family murders under similar circumstances across the world. Or nope, the U.S., the U.S., the U.S. Think a little smaller. <laughs> Sorry, um, he believed he was guilty of this uh, part of a killing spree that lasted over a decade. Um, I, I mean, again, it it really all just boils down to that there were so many different serial killers at this time yeah that it was easy back then let exactly and they were all on like the same railroad and it all led across the same part and they think that 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 could have just been it um there was a gentleman i cannot think of his name now but he was hired by the state to come in and he was a a a pi Mm -hmm. and he firmly firmly believed and he even told ross moore that it was uh, Mr. Jones.
1: Mm, okay, yep. yep, that would make a lot of sense, though. Like, of so, them.
0: and he firmly believed that. And, but of course, every time that he went to go to try, like, to get to get to the grand jury to indict him, there was always, it was all circumstantial, right? There was nothing actually tying. God damn it! But that's that's a good
1: part to say that, right? <laughs> I feel like every time you've said it, it's been a good part, but I'm not going to tell you not to drink. So yeah,
0: um, <laughs> so they they felt that there just wasn't enough real evidence to convict him right and that's kind of where it stands like which is so sad it's kind of sorry and I know that was long and it was like crazy bananas but it's 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 very interesting I think they actually are creating a movie about the Velisca axe murders really yes and I don't remember I'd have to look it up it was it was like 2017 or something like that, and it was like a trailer for it. So now I, and you know me, I don't like scary movies, but I'm kind of interested to watch it. I think scary
1: movies versus like stories about serial killers are totally different to me, but that's just No, me.
0: and I think, but I think it's, they brought it out. It's kind of like the Winchester mansion. Did you ever hear
1: about that? No, all I think is, is Dean Winchester, and he's, I want to marry him.
0: Not, no. So the Winchester, as in like Winchester rifles. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard about them because there's a tour you can take of the mansion. I've done it. Have you really? Yeah without me yeah sorry i slapped sorry. the wall i shouldn't have so when
0: i was in california when me and my husband were first dating and he came out
1: don't you remember this i remember this you push the twin beds together but like i'm just yeah. saying <laughs> i wasn't there for it you I were not there it. and
0: at the time i was we were not into true
1: crime but we took I've a tour of the
0: crime i came out of the womb holding an axe you, you did you did but we took a tour of the winchester mansion and it it's eerie And the reason I say it's eerie is because if you've ever been someplace where somebody would describe as eerie, like the Twin Towers in New York.
1: That's creepy too, yeah. You
0: literally went, the the site when you would go there, like you are there and in the middle of a busy area and it's completely silent. Yeah. that's what the Winchester Mansion is like. It's completely silent. There's all these twists and turns and crazy staircases and you name that's it. That's what's and, so
1: cool about the Winchester Mansion. Yeah. The Holocaust Museum was a lot like like that eerie thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: um, but they came out with a movie about it. And I told my husband that I actually wanted to see it, even though I'm not a big fan of scary movies, yeah. which they turned it into a scary movie. But just because I've been there or like we've been there. So I feel kind of the same thing with this like I really kind of want to watch it now just because I know about the story. I go. Yeah, crazy. I go. Right?
1: Bye, anyway, so that it's, was my story this week. Good job. We were Thank you, you. Did very good. I was to tell you halfway through and I was like I'll just wait. Thank you. I definitely I told
0: you guys last week I sucked it up. I said this week I'm going to bring my A game. I listened to a couple podcasts, I watched a documentary. So of what we
1: should do every week is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, like I actually was a true podcast Dion? ian
1: ian 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 i'm really trying to listen to you but that fucking saw in the background is so like eerie i'm it's sorry weird it's weird um but yeah Good so job
0: <sighs> now i feel like i can breathe
1: you can you breathe. Thank is you. that why she was really anxious this morning and very I was. like, we're going to run out of time, we're going to run out of time. I'm like, dude, we got so much fucking time, time, so funny. I know. Now I'm totally zen.
0: I just, I don't know what my, I think it's because I knew my case was even longer this week. Yeah. <laughs> like our mom has been texting us. We were supposed to meet her almost 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry. Anyway, so let's lighten the mood. Quirky clippings. Corky clippings. This is going to be my new...
1: Just snaps, snaps. Snaps for the quirky clippings. Okay. Safety meeting ends an accident.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need more details.
1: <laughs> I have the literal clipping, but yeah, we'll show you. <laughs> State population to double by 2040. Babies to blame. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, no, duh. <laughs> Man found dead in graveyard.
0: <laughs> Some people are so stupid. So, so, so.
1: Are prostitutes getting screwed? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> These are all just like random headlines. That I know. They me crack in. me up. One-armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. Oh, my God.
0: That's fucking rude. I think we should
1: end it there. I got one more. Okay, okay, go. Best man left bleeding after being hit in the head by flying dildo. What? What? I need more.
0: I need more info. Oh my god, those were good. Okay, so we will post more info on, on those. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you find another one?
1: No, I'm just dying. They're funny. It's fine. I want to let it end on the flying dildo. <laughs> we're going to end on the flying dildo. dildo. I think that's a good place to end. I'm hoping it's like one of the sticky ones, so it just like stuck to him, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Oh, it was probably a hard one if it made him bleed. Yeah, that's true. a hard one. OK, guys. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, again, please, 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 if you want to hear anything or have any other suggestions for cases, send it to us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, go and rate us wherever you're listening to us. It helps us a ton and we always greatly appreciate it. So
1: same time next week time next week, same people next week, different drink next week. Different
0: drink? Yeah.
1: are we supposed to switch it up?
0: Eh, I like this one. I like this one too. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yamas!
1: Yamas! My drink's empty. <laughs> you guzzled that shit. It was good. I gotta get out of this chair. I hope I don't fall this week. Hold on. I got this. Oh bite. Ooh. Ooh. Too oh, no. long